0: What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Do Revenge and Vengeance. First, let's talk about the movie Do Revenge. Here's a quick synopsis. Two teens, Drea and Eleanor, agree to help each other exact revenge on the people who have ruined their high school experience. The film stars Camille Mendez, Maya Hawke, Austin Abrams, Talia Ryder, Alicia Bowe, Reese Shaw, Jonathan Davis, Sophie Turner, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Standout performances. One of the main reasons I was excited for this movie was the prospect of seeing Camilla Mendez in a leading role in a movie. And she did not disappoint. She has indescribable star power. She really fit the tone of the movie perfectly. The exact same thing can be said about her co-star Maya Hawke, who has some of the same edge as her famous parents, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. And like them, she gets you to root for her characters no matter what her actions are on screen. She, like her father, was in the 90s, has become an avatar for young people. The movie knows her strengths and. She shows every side of her. I like the movie choices Mendez and Hawk are making as young actresses. Mendez also had a role in the Andy Samberg-led comedy Palm Springs, and Hawk has had a leading role in Mainstream with Andrew Garfield and Nat Wolf, and a small role in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. To go along with these lead performances are two really solid supporting performances, the first coming from Austin Abrams, who recently shined during the final two episodes of Euphoria Season 2, especially during the dance number to holding out for a hero. In Due Revenge, he's the perfect teenage villain. He's hiding the fact he's not a good dude, which feels very modern. Abrams is a young actor I've become really impressed with lately. I saw him in the movie Chemical Hearts. I also saw him in the TV show Dash and Lily, and I thought he was great in that movie Brad Status with Ben Stiller. I think he really has star potential. Finally, Talia Ryder gives the definition of a scene-stealing performance. The moments between her and Hawk are great. It's an active clinic between the two of them. Maya Hawk's upcoming projects include Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, The Kill Room, co-starring her mom Uma Thurman and Samuel L. Jackson, Bradley Cooper's Maestro and Revolver, where she will co-star with her dad Ethan Hawke. Of those projects, the two that catch my eye are the ones that are directed by Wes Anderson and Bradley Cooper. The fact that Maya Hawke is working with that caliber of directors says a lot about her acting talent. Camille Mendez is set to star in Musica with J.B. Smoove, upgraded with Marissa Tomei, and American Soul with Bad Bunny and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Austin Abrams' next film is The Line with Halle Berry, Disney's New Little Mermaid, and Alex Wolf, and Talia Ryder is set to star in Joica with Diane Kruger. What's wild about Wow, do revenge is the cast of this movie represents almost every big show for young people on today Camille Mendez is from Riverdale Maya Hawke from Stranger Things Austin Abrams from Euphoria Alyssa Bo from 13 Reasons Why and Jonathan Davies from Outer Banks the biggest reason this movie clicked for me is because it's reminiscent of all those teen movies of the 90s that had gigantic ensemble casts filled with young actors with promising futures these films included Clueless, 10 Things I Hate About You, She's All That, Cruel Intentions. This film, Do Revenge, is a good mix of those films. It has the comedic elements of 10 Things I Hate About You with the darkness of Cruel Intentions. Do Revenge has a twist that for the most part works. For me personally, a teen movie comes down to the performances. Ferris Bueller is iconic because Matthew Broderick. And why these 90 teens films are remembered are because of Alicia Silverstone and Clueless, Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles and 10 Things I Hate About You. No one remembers the movies. Nobody remembers the plots all that well. They remembered these iconic performances. Seeing Heath Ledger that was one of the first times people saw him on screen. Some have even compared *Do Revenge to Tina Fey's Mean Girls and I can see the similarities between the two. The movie also has one of the most significant figures of those 90 films in it. Sarah Michelle Gellar who starred in Buffy the Vampire Slayer I Know What You Did Last Summer in Cruel Intentions. Her films during that time really were on the darker side of the 90s teen movies. One of the things I enjoy most about teen movies is they don't conform to one genre. Like I don't think you can call Do Revenge just a comedy. I'm not saying it's dramatic but it's not just a silly slapstick comedy. It's a mix between a comedy and a thriller. I also just have to say that Do Revenge is a good movie in and of its own right. Coming into this movie, I was cautiously optimistic because of the cast members involved. I saw that Camille Mendes was the lead. I saw that Maya Hawke was in it. I saw that they got Austin Abrams. Because of those three people, I had faith that this movie would be good. It was better than I could have expected. I thought it was going to be an average teen comedy that you would walk away going, wow, there's one really good performance. I walked away going, there are four really good compelling performances that's so rare in a teen movie like this they gave all the characters moments to shine there was a reason for the plot the plot was actually fun to follow it is just a fun movie am i kind of over the whole being popular isn't always great narrative in movies like this absolutely but it felt like this film do revenge was able to do something fresh with that idea i also thought what they did with austin abrams character was really interesting like they made him someone who was representing something he's not. And again I said this before, I think that's something very modern. That the villains in the real world nowadays, we don't even know who they are because they're representing themselves as something they are not. I thought his character really resonated for me in that way. We act like we know who everyone is nowadays because of who they represent themselves to be on social media or who they represent themselves to be in public. I also just thought that April was that quintessential teen movie bad guy like remember Joey from 10 Things I Hate About You like you don't know why he's an awful human being but he's an awful human being and it just works in a movie like that and it really worked with Austin Abrams in Do Revenge. It's also worth saying that this is one of the better looking Netflix movies like you watch a Netflix movie especially if it's a teen comedy and you expect it to look bad. This movie looked fantastic. I'm just on a mission to only watch good looking movies and this movie really was one of the better looking movies like this overall Do Revenge is one of the most enjoyable movies to hit Netflix in a while it has a signature style a fun plot some really good performances it's the perfect homage to the teen movie genre while still feeling modern without pandering to the audience I also really enjoyed how the movie wasn't lazy some of these teen movies have become so lazy about how, let's just have a scene where they're texting or they're online to make it look like they're modern teenagers. This movie felt like we were watching modern teens. Like these people acted like real teenagers who exist in the world. They didn't feel like fake movie teenagers like a lot of the teens in these kind of movies do. The highest compliment you can give a teenage comedy is that it is rewatchable and this movie is endlessly rewatchable. Just like 10 Things I Hate About you just like Clueless just like Mean Girls you could watch this movie over and over again and enjoy every second of it I know I could the last thing I'll say about Do Revenge is most teen movies rely heavily on the chemistry between the actors playing love interest not this movie this movie relies on the chemistry of Camila Mendez and Maya Hawk and luckily they have endless amounts of chemistry I would love for them to continue to make movies together in the years to come both them them are going to become bigger and bigger names. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Vengeance. Here's a quick synopsis. Ben, a writer for the New Yorker, is woken up in the middle of the night by a phone call saying his girlfriend is dead. The problem is, he does not know who they are talking about. When he realizes who it is, Abby, he goes to her funeral in Texas where he learns her family has a conspiracy theory that she was murdered and Ben wants to turn it into a podcast. The film stars BJ Novak Boyd Holbrook, J. Smith Cameron, Issa Rae, Dove Cameron, Isabella Amara, and Ashton Kutcher standout performances. Not only is B.J. Novak the writer and director of this film, he's also its leading man. Novak understands his limitations as an actor and has put himself in an ideal role. This is the guy best known for playing Ryan, the temp on The Office. His biggest film role today was in Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards with Brad Pitt. Novak convincingly goes through an arc with the character of Ben in this movie. By the end of the film you have to think he's a changed man and I did and that's because of Novak. Vengeance is the best use of Ashton Kutcher and his star power I've ever seen. I grew up a big fan of Kutcher's after religiously watching him on That 70s Show as the lovable idiot Michael Kelso and while that dumb guy persona has helped him in other projects like Dude Where's My Car in the Ranch, it's also gotten a bit old. I hated him in Two and a Half Men, and I didn't care much for him playing Steve Jobs. In Vengeance, Kutcher is given great dialogue. He has a few fantastic monologues. He's playing a music producer. It's worth noting that BJ Novak and Kutcher worked together on the show punk Novak clearly knows what makes Kutcher special, his movie star charisma. This is the best movie Kutcher has been in. 2022 has been a great year for forgotten figures coming out of nowhere and giving really good performances. Last week I talked about Justin Long in the horror movie Barbarian, and now you have Ashton Kutcher in Vengeance. Kutcher will next star in the romantic comedy Your Place or Mine with Reese Witherspoon and is once again going to play Michael Kelso on the Netflix series, That 90 Show. That could go one of two ways. Brilliantly well or horribly wrong. Either way, I'm really glad that Ashton Kutcher is back in the spotlight. I'm really excited for the second half of his career. I really do think the best is yet to come from Ashton Kutcher. Especially, you'll agree with me, after seeing him in this movie, you can see the potential is there for him to play other roles than the lovable dumb guy. I think there's more to Ashton Kutcher than just that. I really become a fan of a writer-director. Director ...when I see they have a consistent tone. And B.J. Novak has one. Before I watched this, I saw his FX Hulu show The Premise... ...where like in the movie, he tackles social issues... ...with a witty sense of humor. Him and Simon Rich are two guys... ...where if they write a movie or a show... ...I need to check it out. The Premise has some really good performances... ...from John Berthal, Kaitlyn Deaver, Lucas Hedges, and Ben Platt. Novak is one of the few people right now... who. Can make a logical point and still have it be very funny while not feeling preachy. Take Vengeance for example. The idea that a girl you're seeing dies and you don't really know who she is is a very believable and funny premise for a movie but Novak uses it to make the point that because of modern technology and dating we are ignoring people in our life and basically doing the bare minimum when it comes to communication with one another. He also explores what should be be an obvious point, that if you spend enough time with people who are different than you, then you'll find commonality and connect with one another. Going into Vengeance, I was really worried that it would be too similar to the television show Only Murders in the Building due to the podcast element of the story. It really couldn't be more different than that one. I think Only Murders in the Building is way more comedic than Vengeance. I think Vengeance is a comedy mystery thriller. It is crazy how prominent podcasts have become in television and shows. And here I am doing a podcast on a movie. But the fact that a movie is referencing a podcast is wild. That one of the main plots of a movie is a guy trying to record a podcast. But podcasting has really become a legitimate news source. I mean Novak in the movie is basically making an NPR level podcast. And people are willing to spend hours and hours listening to. It really has fully replaced the radio and has almost become what the radio used to be. Like, remember our grandparents used to listen to the radio on their own? Now people just go in into a room and listen to a podcast on their own. It has become a dominant form of media. Just look at Novak's character in the movie, Ben. He writes for the New Yorker, but would rather make a podcast because he wants to have a voice. The idea that the voice is now in the podcast and not in the written form... Is is a really interesting point that Novak is making, and I think it's a legitimate point. There is no real writer that we're all talking about all the time. We're talking about podcasts, whether or not that's a good thing or not, I don't know, but that really has become a dominant place for people who want to have a voice. It used to be being a writer was everything, now it's being a podcaster, and that's kind of really nuts to think about. I was really sold by this movie before the ending, but the ending really did seal the the film. It's a perfect ending. It's the best logical conclusion to the end of this story. Novak knew where he was taking the plot and nailed it. It's shocking. I won't spoil it, but the final scene between Ashton Kutcher and BJ Novak in this film is one of my favorite scenes of the year. And again, I have to give credit to BJ Novak because he knows that in that moment he's got to let Ashton Kutcher be the movie star at that moment because he's not really a movie star. BJ Novak is the Leading character of this movie, but he's not its shining star. He lets Ashton Kutcher take over the moment, and that's a brilliant move by a writer director who's also the lead of the film. When someone is the writer director and also actor of the movie, usually that could be a self vanity project. Like BJ Novak is trying to make a movie to make himself look really good and give himself like a noble part. That's not what Novak does in this movie, and I think it's the best part about it that he's not playing a noble character and making himself look like the hero. He is playing a flawed and realistic journalist in today's modern world. Like this character of Ben, feels like a real person. Novak knew that he wasn't going to be playing the most interesting character in this movie, so he surrounded himself with some really good supporting performers. You have Issa Rae, who's brilliant on that show, Insecure. She's really good in this movie. You have Boyd Holbrook, who was also in B.J. Novak's show, The Premise. His episode with John Bernthal is a must-episode watch. If you have not seen that episode, I highly recommend it. Novak also has some... Some great scenes with J. Smith Cameron who plays Jerry in Succession. I also thought it was really cool that Dove Cameron was in this movie. She's a former Disney Channel star. Overall, Vengeance is one of the best directorial debuts of the year. Novak made sure that every character in every scene in the movie had a purpose. Even the beginning of the movie where Ben, Novak's character, is hanging out with a friend played by musician John Mayer, of all people. While watching, I was like, What's the point of this scene? And by the end of it, it explains who Ben is as a person at that moment. It's more than just a laugh-off moment. Vengeance is a very smart, funny, mystery thriller. I think most people would be surprised how good this movie is. I know people, when they hear the name B.J. Novak, they don't think of leading man, writer, director. He was one of the writers and producers of The Office. But this is his first movie, and I would understand you being cautious going into it, but I have have to say it is one of the best movies of the year and I will repeat this because it deserves repeating Ashton Kutcher gives my absolute favorite performance of his in a movie I think if you look at his movie career it's been quite bad there's been a lot of duds Ashton Kutcher has never been in a really good movie like this this is the first really good film that Ashton Kutcher has been a part of in a significant way I think the film also proves that he can be in a supporting role. Like, we think of Ashton Kutcher, we think of Leading Man, but he was way more interesting than I've ever seen him in any other movie playing a small, significant role, because they gave him something to do. In most of his films, he's in below-average romantic comedies like Valentine's Day, Killers, and No Strings Attached. I will say I really did love his role in Cheaper by the Dozen where he plays the dirtbag boyfriend. If you, like me, grew up a fan of Ashton Kutcher, you need to see the movie Vengeance. It's that good and he's that good in it. That's something that I really do love about movies. Like, you can be done with someone. Like, I was completely done with Ashton Kutcher. I was over the whole thing. I liked him in The Ranch. I really hated him in Two and a Half Men. I was kind of over him as a movie star. Like, I was just done with it. I never thought it was going to happen. I always thought this guy is just going to continue to do movies I don't really like. And then I watch Vengeance for B.J. Novak because I'm a fan. And then I'm blown away by Ashton Kutcher in this movie and now I couldn't be more excited about what he's going to do next. One movie can turn an entire career around. I really do hope that whatever movie B.J. Novak writes and directs next, that he puts Ashton Kutcher in it. Vengeance really does have me excited for what B.J. Novak is going to do next. As we all know, the state of comedy movies are in a really bad spot and I think one of the key people who has the ability to say them is BJ Novak. Like, I really want a studio to give this guy a bowload of money, give him a massive cast, and let him make whatever kind of studio comedy he wants to make. I don't care about what the topic is. I think comedy needs a guy like BJ Novak, who can comment on a hot button issue with logic and purpose, and still make a fun movie like Vengeance, which is fun, funny, thrilling, and entertaining, and that's not something we see a lot in movies right now now thanks for listening to this edition of pop culture spotlight I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and I highly recommend you check out the movies do revenge and vengeance next week on the podcast I'm talking about Andrew Dominic's blonde starring Ana de Armas as Marilyn Monroe and the whodunit murder mystery see how they run starring Sir Ronan and Sam Rockwell so tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.